Welcome, visionaries and revolutionaries, to the Aligned Empire podcast, your gateway to building a movement of change, wealth, and impact. I'm your host, Drea Brown. This podcast is for the visionary woman who is ready to master the energetic frequencies of money, business, and herself, and is ready to expand into a frequency, life, and empire that mirrors her highest purpose. Together, we are rising up and reshaping the world as we know it, defying limitations and boldly embodying our highest selves. You're not just listening to another podcast. You're embarking on an epic journey. Hello, beautiful people, and welcome back to the Aligned Empire podcast. I am so, so excited today to be introducing to you someone who I connected to so quickly. We had a pre-chat interview, and it was like dynamite when we were talking. He's just a really, really special person. So today, we have Andrew Rowe here, and welcome to the podcast, Andrew. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you so much for having me. (laughs) I'm so excited. He, yeah, he is honestly, you guys, he's like a ball of beautiful energy. And I just, I am so excited for this. So a little bit about Andrew. So he's a master of light whose sole mission is to help you master your own. Having gone on a deep spiritual waking triggered by a drug psychosis in his early 20s, He understands deeply the illusion of duality and how confusing it can make us feel. Trained in a variety of modalities and with the help of his intuition and angel high vibrational guides, he's able to transmute your frequency from negative to positive by releasing limiting beliefs and trauma from this life and others so that you can truly thrive in all areas of your life. And some really cool results he didn't even have in his bio, but I had to have it because he's so success that he's achieved in a very small amount of time in his business is incredible. Just in like a couple years in business, now, but in three months of starting his business, you guys, 150 clients. That's amazing. And then in a year and a half, he was making six figures. I had to do that initial bragging for you, Andrew. That was just like, that's really such an accomplishment. And so, so incredible. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Yeah. It's nice when someone brags for you. (laughs) Yes, it is. (laughs) Takes the pressure off you. So yeah. So Andrew, tell us about your journey. Everything I just said, that sounds like so many incredible things. And so just like knowing the person you are today, I know deep down that it hasn't been an easy journey for you, especially again, like right after reading your bio. So tell us how you got from ground zero or wherever you were about your life. And here you are now today running a very successful business. Yeah. I mean, it was the night before Christmas and all was quiet. I'm no, I'm, I was born actually, uh, funnily enough, on winter solstice, which is the 21st of December, um, in a very small village in rural France to an Irish and British father and a Canadian mother. And so I always knew I was a little bit different as a kid. I always knew I didn't really fit in massively. I knew there was something different about me, but I couldn't really tell what it was. From a young age, I really felt energy so strongly. I knew what people were thinking and I knew exactly when there was like an argument going on and but my parents were trying to hide it. And I was constantly told as a kid that I was paranoid, um, stopping so paranoid, stopping so, you know, stop, stop making things up. And so obviously you start to like question what you're actually actually experiencing. So that part of me that was so open, I started to to close it off. At the same time, I was dealing with my sexuality. I was like, well, you know, I didn't really know if I was gay, bi, straight, but I definitely knew I had feelings for men. And having grown up with religion, I was told that it was wrong and I was going to burn in hell. It was a very difficult time growing up as a teacher. I was suicidal. I used to self-harm. I had incredibly poor self-worth. Although I was very popular, I was 
hiding this secret and was so ashamed of who I was. And that caused a lot of friction in my family, especially between me and my father. I then went off to university and I was like, I'm going to be an actor. I'm going to be the best thing Hollywood has ever seen. Um, and I was really delusional. <laughs> and sometimes it's good. Delusional is good. But here I was really delusional. Like I, I made myself believe that I really an amazing, amazing actor when actually I was competing against incredible people who've had way more training than me. And so I started to, you know, went to like an acting uh, school for a year in Stratford-upon-Avon. And that's when I started to really discover like drugs and all this these different aspects of, of self and started to learn more about myself. But there was still this deep inner hatred for me. I just I just hated myself. I just did not. There was no love for me. Um, and then I went off to university and continued doing drugs, but then started to do a lot of ketamine. Ketamine was great because it's a sedative. So all of the feelings and emotions that I were experiencing, I could just stop them, you know? I could just be numb and it was perfect, right? I could just be different disassociated state. But the issue was I then started to become addicted to it. Um, and then I started to develop drug psychosis. And that's when things really went weird for me because that's when I started to hear voices, feel energy, like really sense things that were not perceptible by the naked eye, but could be felt if you're in a, in a different consciousness level. And I started to open myself up to all these things, but there was no safety. I had no idea what was going on. So I had convinced myself that I was somehow bad or evil or thing wrong. There was something wrong with me. And because of my religious upbringing, it was very dual. It was very about like heaven and hell and nothing in between. I convinced myself that I was evil that I was a demon. Of course, when we convince ourselves that our mind will create that because that's basically ourselves are just projectors that we project onto the screen of the world. So then started to appear in my reality and things started to show me that this was true. And then also when I was going to sleep, I was having these awful nightmares. So it was just affecting me massively. And so then I had a choice, Drea, it was either I was going to kill myself because I just couldn't deal with this anymore. Like I was just like, I'm done. Or do I just remember my light and remember that all of this isn't who I am and that actually fundamentally I am a good person. And of course, I chose the latter. And so I went on this journey of spirituality, which was a long journey, you know, of going to retreats, learning Reiki, meeting my ex-boyfriend who taught me that I was worthy and deserving of love. That was a huge game changer for me. And I started to really delve deep into spirituality. And, and I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. This is magical. You know, this is this is incredible. You get to talk about angels. You can talk about talking to trees, you know. The, and, and I started to really buy into all of this stuff. And then I was still an actor and I was like, hey, I'm still going to make it happen. And yes, I did some cool things, but it just never, never worked out. Um, at the same time, I was a teacher for refugees and asylum seekers, which was awesome. You know, it was an, a very fulfilling job, but I was just like, Andrew, you're destined for greatness, but this isn't the greatness that you're here to. So I became very negative and started to complain a lot. And I said, you know, universe, just give me a break. I'm exhausted. I'm just so tired. And just pre-COVID, I was meditating and I was trying to let go of anger and jealousy. And all of a sudden, I just felt it like come back into my body. And I felt a twinge in my back. And I was like, what's that? And I tried to get out of bed and I fell on my face. And I literally couldn't get up off the floor. And I had already sipped a disc, you know, six years prior to that. So I knew this feeling and I was like, but this isn't possible. How? And turns out I sipped two discs. Um, and that showed me the power of energy, but also the power of 
careful for what you wish for because the universe will give it to you. The universe was like, you want to break, bitch? I'm going to break your back. Um, and so <laughs> my back was broken and I was lying on the floor and I ate off the floor like a dog. And I really saw perspective, which was very different, which was from the floor level. At that time, a friend came over, did a fire ceremony and said, I really think you should train in this modality. And I was like, no, I mean, this is nonsense. I'm not going to do that. But I looked into it. My intuitions, I just trusted it. I trusted my cards and I did it. My ex-boyfriend was really annoyed at the time because he was like, this is all, this is a sect. This is a cult. Da, 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 da. In the in the practice groups, people were like, man, you're amazing at this. Like, is this the first time you, you've done this or are you like a teacher? And I was like, no, I've literally just trained just, you know, I'm like you. I've just and. So I started noticing that I had this gift to be able to heal people and to be able to feel what they were feeling. Obviously, all of that stuff from my childhood started coming back and all these realizations. Long story short, if we fast forward, it was the end of my medical absence and leave, but also the end of like kind of when we went back to work, back to schools, everything else stopped, but school still continued. And I had a complete different attitude because I worked through all my limiting beliefs. I changed my perception of my reality and I changed my relationship with my father, with my mother, all of these different things. And I started to find a lot more love within myself and realized I was actually a good person. And so I went to work and I was just like, today's going to be a great day. It's going to be an amazing day. And things just started to really lift, really change really, really rapidly. Not my acting though. <laughs> so I was like, bitch, why? Why am I not on this big screen yet? And then just naturally, the spiritual healer thing started to show more and more in my life. And I was like, okay, I've done enough work on myself to realize that there's maybe some indicator that there's something real or true about this. And so then I was like, okay, I'll just give it a go. So I invested into a business coaching program and uh, like an online one. And then the rest is history. I, it just, as I was saying before to you, you know, someone added me on Instagram. They were my 600 follower. I offered them a free reading. They booked a healing session with me. They loved it. They said I was the best healer they'd ever seen. And then they did a testimonial on Instagram, 20 clients after that. And then everyone did testimonials and then got client, 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 client. And I was like, well, I have to leave my full-time job. And so I told my boss, I was like, if I don't, I'm going to go part-time, but if they don't reply to me at the end of the month, I'm leaving. This was March, 2020 one and they didn't reply so I left and I went full-time in my business and then made six figures within a year and a half it's just been an incredible incredible experience but you know and this is one of the reasons I'm here on your podcast I couldn't have gotten there without doing the limiting belief work without doing the inner work impossible just not possible. I am who I am today because I've healed my shit and I'm no longer the victim of my reality, but the hero. That's beautiful. Your story is so powerful for so many reasons. And I love, I'm looking down at my piece of paper, the notes that I took before we have this interview about all the different, because you have a wide range of healing modalities, limiting beliefs that you help people through. Like just looking at like feeling worthy, healing your inner child, authenticity, using your gifts, identity block, all of those you I'm like getting goosebumps, but you've already done throughout your life. It's like you were literally preparing to be this incredible, powerful healer for so many people. I love, love, love seeing people's journeys. And that's why it's such a beautiful question to ask before every single interview. I love seeing people's journeys and how they've all been able to connect the dots and how now you're standing here in your own personal brand and your own personal power. And you've created your own niche for yourself where only you can help these people. Only you can activate these people who truly need your help. So it's just, it's, it's so beautiful. So I wanted to ask, so now people are coming to you to help them 
them through their own limiting beliefs because that's you are like a freaking pro at this like complete expert at limiting beliefs obviously like I the amount of limiting beliefs is insane to me that you have had and had like overcame and I just have so much mad respect for that but what do you think for people other people when they come to you what are the root causes of these limiting beliefs and most individuals would you say that you see this all comes back to our inner child and I think the thing is we we want to try and ignore that and we and there's a lot of people who say well we just need to stay in the present moment and I totally agree with that we do need to stay in the present moment but we also have to realize that our inner child is still part of our adult self and if that inner child is still stuck in trauma and it still hasn't healed the stuff that they need to heal. You can stay in the present moment as much as you want, but the wounded inner child is still gonna show up in your life. When you do the healing, when you work on that, those aspects of yourself, then it's a lot easier to deal with certain situations because you don't have all of that backward energy that's coming in to the present moment. And so whenever I have clients that, you know, that work with me for the first time and stuff, you know, it's a lot of time, it's a lot around self-worth. And unfortunately, and this is not shitting on parents because it's hard to be a parent, but it will always come back to your caregiver. Who was the first person to look after you and how did they interact with you? And you know, you, you could have had the best parent in the world. It wouldn't have been enough for you on some level. They were gonna still fuck up on some level and it's going to affect you on some level as well. And so it's about basically taking off the rose tinted glasses and just seeing your parents for who they are. Two souls having their own experience and also battling with their own limiting beliefs and their own conditioning. You don't get so attached to, oh no, I don't wanna see my, you know, my father, quote unquote, bad person because he's not a bad person, but on some level he did not give you what you needed in that moment and this is the aftermath so that's usually what 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 would take place hello amazing wonderful people i hope you're enjoying the episode so far and if you are could you please share this with someone who you really truly think needs it or would enjoy listening to these type of podcast episodes. It would really mean the world to us. Our team works so hard on these episodes and we really try to provide the most value we possibly can for our listeners. So a few ways that you can share is take a screenshot of this episode and share it into Instagram. We would love to tag you in our stories. And a few other ways is sharing exactly what you loved about this episode and what truly made an impact in your life. And one last thing, if you are enjoying this podcast episode, if you could leave a review for us, that would be everything. It really does help our podcast. And it also helps other beautiful, wonderful people find our podcast as well. So thank you so much and let's get back to the show. So just going back into people's childhood. So people who are listening right now, people are struggling with limiting belief. It's like, okay, where in my childhood did I experience that? And when we say childhood, are we talking about like the first seven years? When you have like your predominant limiting beliefs, which are your core beliefs will come from the ages of zero to seven. That's when your brain is developing. That's when you are the most susceptible to other people and to, you know, what they do to you. However, you can easily adopt limiting beliefs as a teenager for your inner teenager. And as an adult, you may have never had any issues with visibility. Always, you were very, always very confident. But then what happened was when you were an adult, something happened, you know, maybe during sex, something really embarrassing happened. And all of a sudden, you've now created a, new, a limit belief. I'm unattractive when naked or, you know, I'm unattractive during sex or whatever. Do you see what I mean? So 
yes, the limiting beliefs come predominantly from the ages of zero to seven. We want to talk, you know, obviously there's past lives as well, which will also come in and into play. But if we were to look just at this life, it's zero to seven, but also understanding that those limiting beliefs also come from other aspects of your life. Okay. Okay. And then so if I'm looking back at my childhood or I'm looking back at my life and trying to look at some of those limiting beliefs, what are some questions I can ask or what are some, if you have exercises or healing modalities, what would be the best way for someone to go about that? So first and foremost, you need to realize that everything that you believe that is negative about you is a lie. None of that is true because you are a limitless being of light. And what I mean by that is you come from source energy. You are so more than this human experience. So first, when you can already identify these beliefs as a lie and not see them as truths and start to take them on board as truths, you're already starting to no longer become the experiencer, becoming the, you know, the character of your play. And you're starting to realize, oh, wait, I'm the director and the writer at the same time, because that's essentially what you need to do. So you start to move yourself a bit out of it. And then you can just ask your questions. Is this the truth? So if you keep telling yourself, oh, I'm not good enough. I'm not good. Stop taking it as face value. What, you're not good enough? According to who? According to a parent? that when you were a child told you weren't good enough because they were told they were not good enough and they're just passing down the baton. We're actually here to break that mold, you're to break those chains. You have to start to stop choosing to believe what another person who is going through their whole experience as well as the gospel. The truth is you are love, you are always gonna be love. Anything that says otherwise is a lie, is a fallacy and you need to prove it wrong. So just ask yourself, is this the truth? And if you say, yeah, well, yes, it is the truth because my, my mother said that to me and it says, is it possible that my mother went through her own stuff as well? It's really about stopping yourself from being pulled into the drama and starting to realize that every single person in your life is a character in your play. Isn't that funny? Like I'm an actor and now I'm bringing in that thing, right? So is a character in your play. And they're just characters. Some of them are going to wear the mask of the villain, but it doesn't mean that they are bad people. It just means that in this moment, they are wearing the mask of the villain because you are trying to learn something from that scenario, from that situation. I'll just give you a little example just from a client I had today, which was in a relationship. They had a, a previous relationship was which was very uh, destructive, very narcissistic, horrible, horrible, horrible. And from that in that moment, the experiencer is like, oh, this is horrible. I hate it. This is this is nasty. I'm being punished. I hate what's happening to me. But then when you are no longer in that relationship, you can be like, okay, what was I trying to learn from this experience? Oh, I was trying to learn how to set boundaries. I was trying to learn that I'm deserving of being treated with kindness and love. And if you don't learn it in that experience, you're going to learn it in another experience. So always looking at, I know I'm going a bit roundabout the way, but always look at what am I trying to learn from that situation? So for example, if, you know, I feel unworthy because my parents said that I wasn't good enough and slapped me across the face. What was I trying to learn in that moment? What was my soul trying to teach me in that moment? Rather than like, oh, everything happening to me. It's like, no, it's happening for me. And how can I evolve from it? It really is shifting from being in that victim mentality, victim mode to taking full responsibility. And I just know when I was in that, I can relate so much to your story where I hated myself. I went, you know, I was doing, I was smoking weed all the time and I was just in a really, really deep, dark place. And that's exactly what I had to do. I, I had to take full responsibility for what was exactly happening in my life right now. I had to take responsibility for what was happening, everything, every single thing. And then doing that, you gain 
all your power back. Everything. You gain everything back. And I love what you said about imagining, not imagining, you are, you literally are a vessel of light. You are pure, 100% beautiful, white light, vibrant, gorgeous, perfect, crystalline light, like the most beautiful light that you could possibly imagine. And knowing anything that is not that is false. It's an illusion. It's a lie. It's not real. And so when you continue to hold yourself consistently in that vessel of light, everything changes. But and then I think when you can do that, it also helps you uncover a lot of your unconscious limiting beliefs too, which I'd love to ask you more about that too, because we know a lot of us know, like when I was going through this, I knew a lot of my very obvious limiting beliefs. Like I hated myself. I thought I was a terrible person. Like I legit thought I was kind of like you said, like a demon, like a devil. Like I thought I was terrible and um, going through those limiting beliefs. So how can we start to notice the more unconscious beliefs? Maybe because, you know, the people that listen to this podcast, the audiences, we're entrepreneurs, we're coaches, we're service providers, we're women, most of us. And how can we start to realize maybe some of the unconscious limiting beliefs that are holding us back in our business and our success and our relationship? What would you say about that? It's becoming this kind of, I always say, like you become the excavator of your life, detective of your life. So it starts with awareness. And awareness comes through meditation. The more you can be aware of your thoughts and you're aware of your patterns and your behaviors, the easier it becomes. So when you have unconscious limiting beliefs, they will normally show up in moments like that you're just maybe with your partner and you just got really triggered by something that they said. If you get triggered by something, it means there's something within you that is resonating with it. It's affecting you in some way. And then that's because there's a limiting belief that's linked to that. Also looking at how do you react to situations or how do you communicate with others? You know, do you sometimes communicate like if someone says something that upsets you, for example, do you react with anger? That is a limiting belief that's created from when you were in a child where you you realize that the only way of getting attention was that you had to fight back. You're not meant to fight back. Our norm is to be in the energy of inner peace. That's what we're trying to reach, right? The sense of enlightenment. How can I find peace in every moment? So it's truly looking at every experience in your life, not like constantly, but just if something kind of feels like it's jarring or if something feels uncomfortable rather than like, jumping the gun, just stop, take a breath and ask yourself, I wonder why I feel this way. You know? So for example, like in business, if your business isn't thriving, start to look at what am I doing to stop clients from coming in rather than always saying, oh, it's because of the economic climate. Oh, it's because of this. No, you're giving away your power. Take, as we talked about, take full responsibility that you're the creator of your reality. So if you're not getting clients, is it because energetically you're pushing them away? Are you, you know, is there an unconscious belief that you don't believe that you're actually good enough as a coach to attract these clients? Is there an unconscious belief that if you attract these clients, you're not going to have enough time to spend time with your family. So you're actually sabotaging yourself, you know? But of course, it's all good and well to do that. But of course, that's why there's people like me that exist and other people out there that can help access you that at a much quick, quicker rate because, you know, our blind spots are a blind spot for reason, right? <laughs> it, it, they're out of our, our ability to see. Um, but that's what I would suggest to do to just start looking at. I love that. It, it goes back again to that vessel of light. And when something makes us feel uncomfortable, when something triggers us, that is bringing us away, not away from the vessel of light. It's allowing us to see the illusion that we are not that vessel of light or we don't have that feeling of beauty and joy and love, which we already are. And 
that's what I've realized over my own healing journey. It's slowly unraveling all these limiting beliefs that have been stacked upon each other, stacked and stacked and stacked and stacked. And they start to become complex. But it's just sometimes it can be a slow journey. Well, especially it depends. Everyone's journey is different, but just slowly unraveling all the limiting beliefs and just one after another, one after another. And then it's amazing when you find this simple, especially in business, I've experienced this, this tiny, simple limiting belief. Once you take that away, you skyrocket, you skyrocket success. One of well, a ridiculous limiting belief of mine that I had was taxes. I didn't want to do my taxes. I literally didn't want to do my taxes. So I actually stopped my, I'm not even freaking kidding. I stopped myself from making money because I didn't want to do taxes. <laughs> that sounds so simple and so, so stupid and silly, probably to like 99.9% .9 of people. But that was how much I really hate doing taxes and like a little bit work. Once I realized that was my biggest limiting belief that I was like, who gives a shit? I'm going to figure this out once, you know, like business taxes to stress me out. So I'm going to figure this out. And it, I skyrocketed for like zero to six figures in like just a few months. It was just one of those things where I was like, oh my God, you don't even know how heavy a simple limiting belief can be until you are able to unravel it and uncover it and move past. It's like you try to go through success and you try to get that goal or you try to do whatever it is you're trying to attain. And it stops you every single time. It's like a cycle. So then it stops you. Then you go back. It's a continuous cycle of, and then you'll go back to an ex and the limiting belief. And then another limiting belief, because you have a limiting belief that I don't want to do taxes. And then you have another limiting belief. Once you, you're like, okay, since I don't want to do taxes, I'm going to go back. And then you start having self-doubt, which is another limiting belief because you're not doing it because you actually don't know that that's re really the limiting belief. So it's like this, that's where it starts to become this complex web of all these limiting beliefs. And I bet you come up with that a lot. Yeah. And I think one thing that I notice a lot is, <laughs> it's so funny because I always think of Shrek where he talks about the onion. And then the onion being, you know, like, yeah, I love, I love kids I love movies. That. I love that analogy. Um, so I was always, <laughs> yeah. And this is the thing, you know, like you may work on one aspect of your self-worth and that's great, but that's one layer. And also understanding that your soul has certain thing, theme that they're trying to heal in this lifetime. So, you know, for me, it's self-acceptance. Other people, it might be self-worth. Other might, people, it might be trust. And so there's going to be more layers. And my invitation is to not get frustrated because there's another layer. Celebrate it. Be like, yes, another layer. Because it means that once I get this layer and I release that, I'll be raising my frequency even more. I'll be even more connected to my soul self. Um, because we are constantly working on ourselves. And I want just to highlight something as well. We're not saying that we need to be perfect. God, no, please. Perfection is an illusion. We're not saying, oh, you're going to be Jesus being around, like, you know, experiencing miracles and stuff and walking on water. What we are saying and this is to understand that you are love and sometimes you're going to come out of love, whether that is with anger, jealousy, resentment, hatred, whatever. That's fine. It's part of your human experience. But it's about the distance that it takes you to get back to love. That is what makes you a more conscious being. If you get angry and it takes you two days to come back to your center, okay, you've got some work to do. If you get angry and you come back to love immediately, amazing. You bridge the gap. The ego hasn't taken over. You've come back to your soul. And that's something I just wanted to highlight because I don't want you know, the listeners to feel like, oh my God, it just feels like I have to be perfect. It's not. It's actually just about you realizing that you're human, but realizing that you're a soul as well and that your default setting is soul. 
not human. And I love that you said also, it doesn't have to be so serious working on ourselves. It can almost be, like you said, like embrace it. Embrace some of these things that we come up against. Obviously, some things are a little heavier than other, other things. But I think a lot of people during a spiritual awakening journey or during a journey of healing, we think it has to be so fucking hard and it has to be so terrible and it has to be so dark and so much in despair. And sometimes, a lot of the times it is, but what if we didn't tell ourselves that? What if we said, you know, of course, like the the deep dark night of the soul. I'm talking about after you get out of the trenches, after you get out of that dark night of the soul and you're past that. And now you have this healing journey, which is a freaking lifetime. Let's be real, you guys, because if you don't start loving your healing journey now, you're never going to really enjoy your life. It's like a constant journey of evolution and of a lifetime. And there's it's just like embracing and accepting that you have those flaws and that you can enjoy this healing journey. And when people do trigger you, just like laugh it off. I love laughing my shit off. I love when something triggers me. I'm like, of course you feel it. And sometimes you react, but when you don't react, or even if you do react, like I'm a silly human, I'm not perfect. This is so beautiful because now I can step it more into my power. And now I can let go of this. It's not only infecting me in this certain situation, it's affecting me in so many areas of my life. And it continues to affect me and it continues to weigh you down. And it really, it brings you away from being that vessel of light in so many ways that we don't even realize. And so when we can let go of those limiting beliefs and let go of that trigger, the amount of weightlessness that happens afterwards, especially I've noticed the day after, it's like, it's like you took 10 steps back away from your body. And when someone does that same trigger to you that you used to be triggered by before, nothing, you don't feel anything. You don't feel those claws that used to come at you before. It's an amazing feeling. Start enjoying your healing journey, you guys. Really start enjoying it. Don't look at it so, so terrible and so hard and so heavy. And, and you know, if you're not, if you're like, how the hell am I supposed to do that? That's where you hire coaches. You know, that's where you hire people like Andrew. That's where you hire other healers to help you go through these limiting beliefs, to help you go through these heavy, heavier things and make it more enjoyable. Because my God, what's the what's the point of life? I mean, if you're not going to enjoy the journey. And I guess, you know, when you work with like a healer like me, it's like if you've ever taken EasyJet, you can opt for speedy boarding. And so <laughs> that's what happens. You're, you're, you're speedy boarding. <laughs> it will just, you speed up. It's just going to speed up your healing. Like I've healed myself lifetimes of stuff, right? And, and with clients, like they finish working with me for four months and they're a completely different person because they see their experience as a completely different thing. They're no longer the victim, right? They, they've healed their trauma with their parents. Um, you know, and I, I'm, one of the big things is I've always had a lot of issues with my father. And then in November 2021, he was diagnosed with a terminal brain tumor and I broke up with my long life partner of seven years um, and moved at home and I became my father's carer and I nursed him until his end of life which was last year in June 22 and I could have never have done that unless I had done all of the inner work that I did prior because I needed to to the healing in order to become is Karen healer. And what a blessing. Like those nine months that I got to eight months, I got experience with my father. They were difficult, but I would never change them for the world. And so that's kind of what can happen if you do choose to work on yourself. You know, you can you can heal. Not It's not only about business. Yes, business is amazing. Of course it is. And money is amazing. We love it. But, you know, relationships and your family and, and friends and, and the way you show up in life, that's what matters. 
when you become more compassionate towards yourself and towards others and that you become like a beacon of light, that you become this beautiful lighthouse where, you know, you bring these ships ashore. That is what you want to be reaching for, you know? And allow that to be like your why to why you do things. Yeah, and everything just flows to you. And it doesn't matter. Like you said, it doesn't matter if it's business. It doesn't matter if it's relationships. It doesn't matter if it's just beautiful hobbies that you pick up or helping, you know, people like your dad. I'm sorry to hear about that, by the way. I kind of forgot what I was talking about, but <laughs> I just like now I'm now now I'm thinking about like your dad. I'm like, oh, I didn't even know that about you. So, oh, so yeah, oh, that's OK. Yeah, no worries. But again, you know, like when we were talking about this, like, so this isn't to be like boohoo Andrew, but so my father died, then my best friend died in October last year. And then my cousin got hit, uh, crashed his car into a wall last month. And so lost a lot of very special people in a very short period of time. And again, if I had not done all the healing work that I'd done enough, I'd be an absolute mess. But actually, I'm really standing strong in myself because I understand and know that everything happens for a reason, whatever reason may be. And that I can grow from this rather than let it destroy me. So it's really realizing that actually this inner work that you do, as you said, it affects every aspect of your life. And it just makes you more suited, suitable to earth. Because at the moment we, were, we find it so difficult, everything's so challenging, everything we find is, is difficult. Whereas actually it doesn't have to be. That's a choice. Everything's a choice. We get to see things however we choose to see them. And why wouldn't it, wouldn't it be so nice if we just chose to see like every experience, even as difficult as it may be? And I'm not saying to be in spiritual bypassing. I'm not saying to not feel your emotions. Please do. Wouldn't it be just amazing if we didn't take things so personally all the time and that we just understood that there was just this beautiful flow that was always happening and that we just knew that we were part of that fabric of life? Life would be just so much easier and more peace. Would yeah, like not having so many attachments to every single thing and identities and limiting belief. Thank you for being vulnerable and sharing that. And I'm thinking most people in your position would take that victim mentality, victim mindset, victim mode. But you're obviously owning all of this and, you know, it's happening for you. So when you're in that difficult situation or when people are in that difficult situation, how can they also take that type of mentality? Is it really believing that or is it telling yourself like mantras or affirmations or I know there's a lot of work to be involved to get to that point. But what do you think? The game changer is when you are able to hand on heart without fail, know that there is something outside of yourself that is loving and that is supporting your every need. That is where you need to get at. You need to so deeply trust in the universe, so deeply trust that the universe is good and that there's only good that comes from it. And so deeply trust that every soul has chosen on some level to experience what they're experiencing. When you can really come from that place of deep inner trust then you know that everything's happening exactly as it's meant to um so it's it's you know it's it's not so much a mantra but rather a deep inner knowing of of wisdom of just being like it's okay this is part of life we literally are born to learn how to die people are going to die people are going to pass away and we also understand that it is our attachment that is causing us the pain you know and all religions talk about this they all say you know there's this idea that religion doesn't like money it's not true even buddhism it doesn't say that money's bad it's the attachment to money that causes the suffering that is what is dangerous that is what is the problem and so it's really about understanding where am i too attached and can i survive you know 
what did that person give me that I can't give myself, right? So if you lose someone that's dear to you, and it's like, so for example, my aunt lost her son who had Down syndrome, and she said, I've lost my purpose. So she had a belief system, my purpose is to care for my Down syndrome son. Sorry, this is getting a bit heavy, but I also think we have to understand that there's, with light comes, you know, the shadow. And it took her a couple of years for her to find her new purpose, right? Because she had created this limiting belief that, and unfortunately, you see this a lot in older couples when an a person dies, the other person dies quite soon after because that person became their purpose. But their danger is, is no. <laughs> if you put anything outside of yourself, you can lose it. If you put your worth into your business and your business folds, suddenly you're unworthy. You have to find that inner worth within you and know that you're worthy no matter what, whether you have the business, whether you have the house, whether you don't, whether you do. About the worthiness and when something fails because you put that, like you make that your purpose. I can relate so much to that as well when I was in that court when I was in the corporate world I made that my 100% my purpose and I was nonstop talked about it at work came home talked about my talked about my purpose talked about like just making money and, and again it's like that identity that I was so wrapped up I was so attached and then the beautiful amazing universe I had a carpal tunnel and I had thoracic outlet syndrome and I literally could not work I could not sit at the desk for more than a minute honestly there's so much pain in my it was manifested you know that manifested into my body that pain and so I had to take like six months or more of a break from work and that just destroyed the person who I was at that time ended me up into a psychiatric hospital because I completely lost my identity. I completely lost my purpose. I completely lost who I thought I was and why I was meant to live in this world. And it is, it's amazing what we still even believe. Maybe we think our purpose is to be a mother, but to be a business, like you said, like could be a business owner, to give our gifts to the world. It's really not your purpose. Your purpose is, I mean, just to be, right? Just to be and surrender. All of this is just cherries on top. Like this is just extra stuff that is just a beautiful addition to our lives. But other than that, like nothing, that's the purpose. Like we make it so complex because we're human and, you know, we're always trying to grab it the most complex, trying to just make everything so confusing, and which is fine. You know, that's another thing we could talk about. It's just really surrendering to this moment and knowing anything, any identities or any ideas or any thoughts that come up in your mind apart from just surrendering to this moment is just another limiting belief, keeping you from your purpose, which is just to be. And to shine fucking so, bright. To just be yeah, your authentic fucking light, shine bright, be yourself, and live your best goddamn life. Oh my god, yes. I have other questions to ask you, but man, I almost that's like such a good like ending line right there. Like mic drop. I love that. Just like living and feeling into that energy that you just said, like live your best fucking life. Like really surrender to this best fucking life and in this and feel into that. Like, what does it feel like if you were already living your best life and really feel into that without a shadow of a doubt that you are already there? Like you are already there. That's the coolest part is you're already there. You just have these other illusions that are continuous to keep continuing to keep you down. But don't even identify that you even have these illusions that are keeping you down. Don't even identify with that I that that idea. Just know that you're already there and then start being curious about anything else that pops up from you being, again, like we keep talking about that vessel of light. So powerful. Ah, I love it. So you did talk about authenticity. I really want to talk about authenticity for you because you've had such an amazing journey to get to where you are now. Like I, his voice, everything is just so, I feel so grounded talking to you and being around your energy. And just like, you, you can tell when someone's truly authentic and truly living from a place of just being. And so as far as authenticity goes, I mean, again, we listen to your story. It's amazing what, what you had to go through in order to get to your authentic self. And it's not always necessary to go through all of those crazy struggles. Again, that's why you have coaches. That's why you have people that are helping you, you know, go the easier way. 
<laughs> so why do you think why do you think so many people struggle with being authentic? And what do you think what holds the most people back from living their most authentic truth? The reason where so many of us are stuck in inauthenticity is due to conditions of worth when we were growing up. We were told a certain way of being wasn't the right way of being. So we adapt ourselves and we change ourselves to match what that person thinks is okay so that we can belong. Number one thing that we need the most as children is yes, love, but we need to belong. If we don't, we die. And so because our sense of belonging overrides our natural need for authenticity, which is normally as children, we want to self-actualize. You know, you see babies, they're constantly reaching for things. They want to put their hands in everything. They're so inquisitive. There is this natural need to expand, to evolve. And then that's unfortunately taken out of us when we're told like, no, Johnny, don't do that. That's wrong. Or, you know, boys don't wear pink. And it's like, oh, okay, boys don't wear pink. Or boys don't don't play with dolls. Or, you know, girls aren't allowed to play football or whatever. You know these things? And it's like, okay, shit, okay, I can't do that. Now I'm going to have to just mold myself and turn myself into something that I'm not so that I can be accepted, loved, and feel like I, I deserve to be here. And so what happens is we then start to not even realize that we have adopted this new personality, this new version of self in order to make the carers, those around us, feel more comfortable. And then it continues to adapt and shift and change as we move into our teenage years where things, you know, we have our hormones and stuff and popularity becomes a thing. And then we start to change ourselves even more because we want to fit in. It's all about fitting in. It's all about being in the tribe. And so then when we get to like our adult stage, we start to still think like, oh, okay, like, is this who I really am? And you still just go with it. And then at some point, some people are very early in their age, some people a lot later, that you start to realize like, oh, wait, but this isn't, this doesn't feel right anymore. I don't like this. I don't, I don't want to do this. Like, I don't want to be a doctor. Oh, wait. I wanted to be a doctor because my mother and my father pressurized me to go to university to become a doctor. I want to be an artist. And then you're like, oh, that's my authentic self. Oh, but now that's a huge because, you know, I now need to leave this, you know, comfortable lifestyle that I've created. So it's too dangerous. So I'm not going to do it. So the conditions of worth that were placed on us through family, friends, teachers, whatever, is what's stopping us from being our authentic selves. And then we're stuck and we're in fear and we don't know what that looks like. It's like, well, what does authentic even look like to me? How do I even be authentic? You know, one person's of authenticity might be different to another person's version of authenticity. And, you know, what I always come back to is, yes, that version of authenticity might be different, but that's the personality. For me, that's not authenticity. For me, authenticity is coming back to your soul self. Authenticity is coming back to that part of you, like we were just talking, you know, a few minutes ago, coming back to that light. That is for me being your authentic self, your true soul self, being able to be rid of the ego and coming from that space. And then having your personality and your personality will shine even brighter because it won't be coming from an egoic perspective. So yeah, does that answer your question or did I go on a tangent? Oh yeah, absolutely. I was just going to ask, how do people take that first step? I know a lot of people in my audience feel this way where it's hard to be your authentic self when you're surrounded by all of these things in the business world. You're you're surrounded by people who are like, oh my God, I just made a million dollars cash this month. Or, you know, they have beautiful branding and, and it's like, and you get really sucked into everyone has this beautiful, perfect blueprint that's going to make you money and help you reach freedom, which is ultimately mm -hmm. what all of us want freedom and love that's what we're trying to get to 
So what do you think, what is the first step someone can take if they're wrapped up in this business world, if they're wrapped up in all of these complexities of not feeling authentic and maybe not shining as bright as they could in their social media or in their business in general? So first of all, just question, question the truth. Like does business, what is business? What, because most people in business wear suits and they go to like fancy dinners, that's what business is. No, if you're an entrepreneur, you own your own business, you are your own brand. You do it the way you want to do it. Stop abiding to what society tells you. Society is fucked up in its own way because it's been going through such a difficult patriarchal time of control and pressure and pushing. And we're now moved into the age of Aquarius where we're into the feminine. Like, just be you. If you have a fear of showing up, you know, on, on social media, ask yourself, why am I so afraid? What do I think will happen? Chances are you do have the witch's wound. Chances are there are things linked to your past lives around that. Very possible. That's something I've worked so many times with clients. But then it's also like, am I afraid that people are going to judge me? If I'm afraid that people are going to judge me, is that because I'm judging others? So how do I stop judging others? So then I don't feel judged. But really, truthfully, just do it. Just bite the bullet and mm -hmm. do it. And, you know, being your authentic self means being totally free of what other people think. Like, you just need to not care what other people think. Because opinions are like assholes. Everyone has one. Everyone has an opinion. Everyone has an opinion. But that doesn't mean anything about you, you know. And that's something I learned as an actor. Like one of the main things that you never do is after a performance, you know, after a play that's just opened, is to look at the cr critics review. Never look at a critics review because it's just their opinion, you know. Who they're not the they're not God source energy. They're just viewing things from their limited lens, from their limiting beliefs. And that's the same with everyone else. If someone is going to judge you for showing up authentically on camera, that's on them. That's not on you. So that's what I'd probably say. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, so if someone is having that fear of showing up or people judging or maybe they're having comparison issues, are there any exercises that people can do or maybe daily? Like I would imagine maybe obviously meditation for me is at the top of my mind, but is there anything other than meditation to really cultivate their authenticity or cultivate getting over those fears? I think so first, if one, if there's the, a thing of comparing yourself and feeling that others are successful and getting jealous. And I'm wanting and wishing that you had the same success rather than get jealous, celebrate their success, because what you see in your reality, it can only be there because it's possible for you. And you have to remember that. And so if you're seeing people successful, it's like, yes, amazing. Drea's making, you know, seven figures. Awesome. That's possible for me, too. I can do that as well. And when you celebrate that, you tell the universe that's what you want. When you criticize and judge it, you're saying that you don't want it. When it comes to actually, you know, with your fears around your visibility, you can do just journaling and you can just ask yourself, what's my greatest fear about stepping into onto social media? And then you just write, oh, I'm afraid that people are going to judge me. What's the worst thing about that? Well, people are, aren't going to like me. What's the worst thing about that? Well, then I'm not going to have any friends. What's the worst thing about that? Well, then I'm going to be all on my own, isolated and yeah and then it's like okay then you ask yourself does this come from this life or another life well this comes from another life okay cool and so you start to it's about you becoming your own kind of excavating coach right you start to look through it with your journaling asking these questions yes or no's or even just asking little questions and free flow writing you know be curious as children we're incredibly curious so bring in that curiosity like okay I'm, I'm terrified of going on social media I wonder where this comes from it's not the truth like what what's the worst thing that's gonna fucking happen to you no one is gonna show up on your life so what 
at least you're showing up live. And if someone has something to criticize, say, well, have you done a live recently? You know, so it's it's about that. And also realizing that if no one's showed up on your live or if you fluffed up or whatever, it doesn't matter. Life continues to go on. You continue to live. People continue to eat and shit. Sorry, that was a bit gross. <laughs> Never, nothing's ever too gross, mostly. <laughs> Definitely not that. No, that's, I, I love that. The, the journaling is so powerful here. And what Andrew just said, curiosity. We keep coming back to that, which I love. I absolutely love. It's like coming from this, place of being that beautiful light and then anything else that brings you again away from that light be curious about it so that beautiful light is bold as hell you're unapologetic you know you're stepping onto the stage of social media of wherever it is and what does that feel like and, and allow yourself to be in all of that power and then start to journal about things that make you shift out of that power even for myself I know just journaling has been just a, a profound experience for me if maybe it's not like a coach that you want to work with or maybe it's not doing something exterior but maybe sometimes it's just going inside or both but really a lot of the times it's just going inside and just becoming curious about what is affecting you and what is what's happening like really what is happening and why where's all the resistance coming from you know is it is it your intuition telling you not to do it or is it is it fear is it your ego is it resistance and then that's actually another question I wanted to ask you is how do you tell the difference between your intuition saying hey this doesn't feel good and then that resistance of I'm just trying to keep my ego safe for authenticity so the ego, the ego is always constantly trying to be heard. So it will do anything to try and be heard. It will shout, it will scream, it will be the loudest person in the room, but not necessarily the one that you want to be listening to. Your intuition is like, meh, you can do it or you don't I'll do it. I don't, I don't really care. You know, it doesn't have to fight to be listened to. You need to quieten the mind to hear it, but it's always going to be soft. So I'll give you an example of this. When I was in Thailand, I was on the motorway and I was driving on my scooter and I was going to turn right and my intuition said, don't turn right. And I could hear it. It was literally, it literally just whispered it was like don't turn right and I was like oh come on I always turn right it's all good like I always turn right anyway I turned right and I got hit by a pickup truck and I had the like a horrible accident broke my wrist completely yeah completely and then like okay that's my lesson to always listen to my intuition because I know the difference between my ego and my intuition so just notice that your intuition is soft. You know, it's it's just it it doesn't it doesn't need to fight. And your fear is always going to be loud. It's always going to be you know, oh no, don't do that. That's a bad bad idea. Definitely don't do that. Oh, it's it's going to go bad. It's going to go wrong. Your intuition is never going to say that to you. It's always going to be trying to support your highest good, and it's never going to make you feel like shit. But but a way like what I would say to my clients is if you want to learn how to strengthen your intuition, then just play some intuitive exercises. Start to like, you know, I don't know, you want to go out, you go shopping and you see two pairs of shoes and you don't know which one you want. Just ask your intuition, like which ones will, which one will make me feel the happiest? Oh, the yellow ones. Okay, I'm going to choose those. And then see if that was the right decision. Do it with food as well. Do it with small things, things that don't have too much importance because your intuition is like a muscle. And the more you work it, the more you, you create like a case study of, oh, wait, yeah, obviously it always works. My intuition always works. I always trust my intuition. Then for the bigger things like with, you know, business deals or, you know, onboarding clients or making those kind of bigger decisions, it's a lot easier for you to one, listen to your intuition and to trust your intuition. Yeah. And I've noticed that about my own intuition. It's just like super soft, gentle. It's not even a nudge. It's just like, it just, it just is. That's what it feels like. It just is. And it's not 
pushing at all. Like the ego is pushing and pushing and you can feel just some pressure somewhere in your body, just a little bit sometimes because it, it does a lot of the times it's like, I'm your intuition. I'm not your ego. So you can kind of feel it trying to disguise itself. You're so right. Practice. It really is a muscle. It's 100% a muscle. And um, that is super, super powerful. And just like Andrew said, and I just want to reiterate it because it's so, so powerful is practice with the small things first and keep practicing and keep practicing and then reflect on it. Maybe journal like we just talked about before. Journal about what the, what did that feel like and continue being super self-reflective on how it felt and how did it how does it feel when your ego screams at you? How does it feel when it tries to disguise itself as your intuition? And knowing that you're of course your ego is just really trying to keep you safe. We all know that. And just not being mad at it because that's going to just increase the ego more. Because that is your ego being mad, but just, you know, surrendering to that intuition. I mean, we could honestly have a whole nother episode about this. It's just like so, so amazing. So, but listening to your and ultimately listening to your intuition when it comes to posting on social media, when it comes to living on your authentic self, not even like Andrew said, not even just in business, just in general, you know, being your most authentic self and keep asking yourself, what is my most authentic self? How can I be even more of who I already am? Because you already are that. So just keep asking those powerful questions. And your authentic self will feel free and flowy. Your non-false self, it will feel jarring. You'll feel depleted. You'll feel exhausted after whatever you've just done. You're, after being your authentic self, you'll feel energized. You'll feel expansive. You'll feel open. You'll feel your heart chakra is going to be like vibrating. So also notice that. Notice the subtleties. I know it sucks, you know, those who are listening. You wish that there was just like a, a an easy way of doing it. But actually the truth is, it's all about awareness. It's becoming so hyper aware of yourself and understanding your patterns. That's where the, the magic happens. There's no way avoiding that. You you have to be aware of yourself. You know, one of the things that uh, above the oracles of Delphi, it says on the, on, the, on the archway, it says, know thyself, right? Before you went to see the oracles, it would say know self. That's one of the biggest things. Like when you know yourself, then you're, you're cool. You're having a great time. Yeah, it's, it's the foundation yeah. of everything, of all of it. So if listeners could take away one piece of advice or insight from this conversation, what would you want it to be? Ooh, there's been so much that's been given. Um, I think it's always the same thing for me that I always, the message that I always want to give and help people remember is that no matter what you've done in your life, whether that is awful things, good things, you will always remain as love. Nothing will ever change. Nothing can take that away from you. You can give it away, but you can, no one can take it away from you. And if you can just remember that you are at core, you are love, and just keep on reminding yourself that in every moment, even in those moments where you feel like you're just not, you'll feel a sense of freedom and expansion and you'll feel and remember why you actually came here and also where you actually came from. Because that's what we're trying to create on earth. We're trying to help people remember so that we can create this heaven on earth, this utopic society, this peaceful, loving, passionate society. And the only way we can do that is if we all remember that we're love at core and everything else is an illusion. That is amazing. You guys, honestly, you could just stop the podcast right now and go back and listen to that whenever you need to just and like feel into that, like keep feeling into what Andrew just said, all of that, not just think about it, allow it to be felt 
because those words are really it's 100 feeling like we can try to intellectually grab what you just said but it's it's all about feeling so i love that and so andrew i know that so many people are going to want to connect with you so how <laughs> can people connect with you on social media with your services and then do you have any upcoming programs or anything that you're offering Sure. Yeah. So um, you can connect with me on Instagram, which is at Andrew Rowe, R-O-W-E-111. Um, that's where I post most of my content. I'm also TikTok, but I don't post as much. And it's also Andrew Rowe 111. Um, and my website is www.andrew-rowe.co.uk. Uh, so those are the ways that you can connect with me. Message me, send me a DM. Like I, if you have a question about something on this podcast and you want to know more, you want to delve deeper in it, just message me. I'm, I'm all about integrity and I'm all about service. Like I never ignore messages and, you know, I'm really about just trying to help and support as many people as possible. Um, and offerings. Yeah. So I have a few things. So I have like my lowest ticket offering, which is my membership, which is two calls a month, which is called the light lounge. It's an amazing membership where you um, get like a carving over the collective energy for the two weeks and then I channel a healing from that card reading um, and you can get half price your first month um, and it's it's really low it's like 22 pounds for your first month I have then my light accelerator program which is starting September it's a one-to-one -one program it's specifically designed for entrepreneurs and it's looking at what beliefs we need to shift in order for you to reach your next level. So it's really a program that is designed to release your limiting beliefs around business, around yourself, around success, so that you can then move forwards with your business to the next level. And that's three months or six months uh, that you can work with me. And so those are my offerings. Love it. Those sound amazing and so powerful. And so last question. So for those who are feeling stuck right now, or those are who are just wanting to step into their authenticity or letting go of limiting beliefs, what are three books that you would recommend to them right now? Oof. Okay, three books. Mm, I love that. That's such a good question. Okay, I'm just going with what's just come up in, uh, with me. Uh, a Return to Love by Marianne Williamson. Um, the Seat of the Soul by Gary Zukav. And The Four Agreements by Miguel. I can't remember his last name. Like Ruiz or something. or Yeah, something, Ruiz. something like that. <laughs> Ruiz, Ruiz yeah. or something. If you guys haven't read that one, that's like a, like that's a foundational book right there. Four Agreements. Yeah. It's, it's very oh, short. Beautiful. It's like, like mind boggling. Even Joe Rogan likes it. <laughs> Isn't it funny that I actually have no idea who Joe Rogan is? I I now know because I've recently, but I had no idea who he was. Funny thing, Andrew, that doesn't surprise me <laughs> in a good way, in like the most amazing way possible. Yeah. So yeah, I totally get it. But Andrew, this has been such an amazing conversation. Thank you so much, you guys. Oh my goodness. Like we talked, like just to, just to, to overview, because I love doing this authenticity, limiting beliefs, living in your power, not being scared to show up, like really surrendering to, I've probably said it a hundred times this episode, surrendering to that beautiful, profound light that you all really are. And anything other than that is not you. It's an illusion. But really like knowing, like Andrew said, knowing inside of every single cell of your body, that is the truth. And that is really who you are and allowing yourself to, to experience that experientially truly experientially yeah, just keep surrendering to that and if you feel something that pulls you away from that know that's just an illusion just another self-loading belief bring yourself back be curious about it be self-reflective and if you need to journal about it if you need to 
hire Andrew <laughs> or someone else that, you know, you really resonate with. And um, oh my gosh, Andrew, thank you so much. This is such a powerful episode. And I love, I don't know when this is going to go live, you guys, but um, I love because we're, we're a few months ahead right now. But I love that we're doing it on 8-8, the Lionsgate portal. So it's just even powerful. And Andrew and I, before we started this episode, we realized it was it was 808 where he was, 808 on the 8th of the 8th month. So it's just like all these 8th and then it was about to be 11-11 for me because he's not in the same area. But anyways, so powerful. So yes, thank you so much, Andrew. I really seriously appreciate just being connected and entangled with you and appreciate your amazing, incredible energy every time we connect. Drea, thank you so much. That was amazing. Awesome, <laughs> awesome, awesome. Thank you all so much for listening and yeah, for just taking the time out of your day to... Amazing. And I'll leave all of Andrew's links in the show notes. So make sure you guys go check him out. He is such a beautiful human being, even more so on social media, like really, for real, you guys. So, and I will see you And all with that, we come to the close episode. of yet another epic journey of the Aligned Empire podcast. Thank you for tuning in to the frequency of your limitless potential. Each episode is a code to unlock your unique energetic frequencies of money, business, and your aligned empire. If you feel this episode would resonate with others, please share it forward, creating a ripple effect throughout the universe. Make sure to subscribe to continue this journey of transformation with us. Join us again next week as we continue to rise together, joining a movement that is changing the world. This is Drea Brown, your guide on this journey, signing off.